Wake Up World. You're now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. We're here in beautiful Portland, Oregon, in the Pearl District, and I got my guy D-Boy back in the lab with me today. What's going on, D-Boy? What's good, P? How you doing, man? All is well, man. All is well. So before I introduce a very, very, very special guest that we have in here today, um, I got to give you guys a quick update on the podcast and the direction that this podcast is going. Um, this podcast was launched in April of 2017. And if I'm being very honest with you, I really didn't have a sense of direction with it. I knew I wanted to talk and cover sports, politics, and culture, and I wanted to figure out a way to intersect those things, but we kind of never knew what would come about from this podcast. So during this year and a half, we've had some phenomenal guests come through. We've had some highs. We've had some lows. Um, We've had some changes in location as far as studios are concerned. We've had different co-hosts come in and out and you know help out and assist me with being able to keep this podcast going um i've obviously been through some career changes had the radio show that fell through it was a great time but had a lot of resources there at the radio station that i was able to use and utilize to keep the cop podcast going on a a consistent level once things change we've had to kind of swivel we've had to work around a lot of things Sometimes we did get inconsistent, but what we never did was give up on the pod. So with that being said, I'm proud to let you all know. First of all, I want to say thank you to all the listeners that have stuck with us, all the subscribers that stuck with us. But now I'd like to let you all know that we have officially been picked up by a podcast network called ThatCast Network. Um, We've got some really prominent podcasts being launched soon through the network. The University of Portland is launching a podcast there. Um, The Portland Diamond Project, the groups that's pushing to bring the MLB to PDX will be launching a podcast there. Mike Barrett, former play-by-play guy for the Portland Trailblazers, he's launching a podcast called Miked Up. Many of you may remember my co-host, my former co-host, Justin Myers. He's doing an Oregon Ducks football podcast. So we're getting this thing off the ground right now. And like I said, I want to thank all of you for sticking around, staying subscribed, being a continual supporter, and uh, now it's time to make a little bit of money off this podcast. Let's do it, let's do it. (laughs) For sure. So now I gotta introduce to you um, the special guest that we have here. It's a guy that I consider to be a basketball guru. Um, He knows his stuff. He hosts the Big Three podcast. Many of you may know about the Big Three League. That was founded by Ice Cube, the three-on-three basketball professional summer league. Um, you also do a lot of writing, Oliver. Who who are you writing with these days now? Because yeah. I know you're everywhere, man. Yeah, I mean, I've written for Big3.com. I do some stories there every once in a while. I've written for uh, Basketball Insiders and Dime Magazine and Uproxx, just a bunch of different places. I mean, I can go back even further, but... Um, right now, I'm doing a lot of stuff for Lineups. It's a new website, Advanced Data. You know, sports betting is a big deal now in the United States, especially because of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just because of uh, you know how it's been made legal recently, right. and now states have the the chance and opportunity to dictate where it's going and how it's going to be funded, etc. But um, a lot of the stuff uh, that I'll be writing for the future, at least for the NBA and Uh, Big three as well is going to be on lineups.com. It's a new advanced data site helps people make educated Guesses uh, with their sports betting, you know, they've got a lot of data and advanced analytics and stuff like that to help people make their sports bets But I'm gonna be doing a lot of exclusive content, you know interviews with players give people insight into the minds of different Athletes and coaches. So, is it going to be kind of like a free picks and parlays kind of thing or a few of those other sites where you kind of go for these generalized uh, help in stats, I guess? Yeah, it's really just, uh, it, it kind of guesses, it gives you indications of who's going to start, who won't, uh, parlays, picks, etc. There's trends, a bunch of data. all of that. Okay. Trends. Okay. Um, and just gives you percentages, like, hey, this should be, you should pick the over here or the under here, just mm-hmm. based on the numbers. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the website as a whole. I'll be doing unique kind of exclusive content like I've always done. I mean, I started my career doing stuff for guys like Terrence Ross, Portland-based, right, Terrence right. Jones. interesting, yeah. So cool. guys like that are are interest interesting for me to just talk to and know and get to, you know, get to be on a one-on-one kind of basis. Not something that I've got to go through a bunch of people to get through. So 
for me personally, I'm just excited to get back into the the groove of things, right. get back into talking to NBA guys and get back into talking to people that have interesting stories that need to be told. Cool. So, y'all see that I meant what I said when I caught this guy a basketball guru. guru. <laughs> Oliver Maroney, thank you for joining us here today. Um, now, we're going to get straight to it because there's been some hard-hitting stuff or some hard-hitting news, I should say, when it comes to the big three. And or I rumors. Think that, or rumors. That too. <laughs> and, I, and I think the hardest-hitting news or rumors that has been surrounding the big three lately has been Kobe Bryant. Is he coming out of retirement for Ice Cube? Is it going to happen? Because, I mean, he's my favorite player ever, quite frankly. And this is an argument that we can have later on. But I think he's the GOAT. Yeah, yeah. Okay, don't get, started, the don't get me started on the GOAT conversation. I got like 10 other niggas who are the GOAT above him. I think he's the GOAT. Like, so is he coming out of retirement to nah. prove that he's the GOAT? Is this what he has to do to show that he's the GOAT or what? Nah, look, look. He's already shown that he's been one of the best players, you know, that we've ever seen play. Right. I, I, think, I think a lot of the times people get ahead of themselves with these rumors. Uh, Co-founder Jeff Quatnitz basically said on a press call that – he had heard that somebody had told him that Kobe was playing. And then he said right after that, maybe that's something, maybe that's nothing. So the point of it being, there's no conclusive evidence as to whether this guy's going to play or not. But to me, if I'm Kobe Bryant, you got to take a look at two different things. First of all, all the stuff that he's doing off the court now. Right. The Oscars, the TV shows, the podcasts, the movies, all this different stuff that he's doing. On top of the fact that he has stated multiple times, just like LeBron James or any of these other big-time players, they have kids. They yeah, enjoy true. their kids' lives. For sure. And for me, if I'm Kobe Bryant, you got to analyze that side of things. Are you willing to take time away from your kids, away from your business, away from all the stuff that you're doing to hoop again? And then secondly, look at a guy like Allen Iverson, a guy who you know, played in the Big Three last year and really stopped playing after two games and decided to start coaching. Because, because he stuck it up. Because yeah, I mean that, that's a, that's a yeah that's a uh, yeah that, that's a way of saying it. I right, guess. right. No, I but he you. didn't play very well, and right. I think people when they get into this big three, they think like, okay, it's a retired basketball players league. These guys don't work out. These guys don't train. You know, they're they're washed. That's not the case. Like you look at a guy like Corey Maggette, who's probably benching like close to 350, 400 pounds. Like dude is Damn. a monster. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys in the league who play overseas during the offseason. They play in the G League. Guys like Xavier Silas didn't even get a minute of playing time this year, but he played in the G League and played for the Boston Celtics at the end of the season last year. So there's guys in this league that can wow. play. There's guys in this league that really want to be there. And for me, Kobe has to look himself in the mirror and say, am I really built for this? Am right. I really ready for this again? After yeah. all Do you the really years think that I so? I, I agree. I, I feel agree. like he's still so close to the game that he, he that wouldn't be a question I, to him, no, I believe. No, no, no. It's, it's <laughs> Look, here's the thing, though. Like his, We've seen how he looks now. He's definitely True. a little bit more overweight than he once was. Oh, yeah. He suffered all sorts of injuries. Yeah. I would be worried if I was okay. anyone. If I'm a Kobe Bryant fan, I, I'm not necessarily saying that Kobe doesn't have it in him. I'm just saying if he wants to play and he wants to come out and showcase what he can do, He's got to get in shape. Uh, yeah. He's got to actually make this a meaningful thing to him. If it's not, then right. I don't think it's worth it. And that's where I think he sits Basically, right now. they're competing at a very high level. Yeah. yeah. And do and you believe that Iverson stopped playing because of how he was? Oh, the perception. That, uh, for sure. That, that was it. Uh, to me, that was it. And Iverson's a great dude. Uh, you know, he was a great guy last season. This season, for the first few games, great dude. Uh, but I think that he didn't expect what actually occurred happened yeah you know when this yeah. started it was he real expect, out there yeah yeah this isn't a pickup game like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, and you that's kind of i yeah. think it's trans transition into that um outlook the longer that it's standing it's in the more yep. of these games that are being taken like when it when i first heard about the big three i thought it was gonna be comical and pick yeah, up yeah. game and washed up old dudes that we forgot about like Corey Maggette rung a bell. Like he was, yeah. I, I liked Corey Maggette, but I just haven't ball. thought about MVP him in so long. Too, you know MVP. what I mean? So yeah. it's like when you think of stuff like that, it's, it's kind of crazy. So yeah, cool. yeah. I mean, it's, the guy's got to think about this. Like, look at Glenn Davis. Okay, he plays in the Big Three. He, I mean, I wouldn't say he was the MVP by any stretch of the imagination. I'd say he was a good player in the league. And you got you got him going to the Drew League the next day after his Big Three game and dropping forty five against guys like Demar Derozan. So like, it, yes. Are they retired players? A lot of them are. 
Uh, some of them, are they completely out of shape? No, but I think that, you know, even some of them would admit, yeah, I got to do more. Right. Yeah. But for the best guys in that league, that these guys could play in the NBA if they wanted to. Yeah, a guy like Amari Stoudemire. I mean, yeah. I saw Amari Stoudemire two days before the Big Three championship game, and he was balling out with guys like Durant and uh, J.R. Smith and a bunch That's of crazy. NBA guys in yeah. a pickup game. And he was running with them, going full court, going right. back and forth, like doing his thing, the same thing that he did for, you know, 15 or so seasons in the NBA. So, I look, I'm not saying that <laughs> the Big Three... Real, I'm, yeah, not, yeah, I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not saying that the Big Three... Is the NBA, but I am saying that this it's is a no lot LeBron's more in the big three, but no, it's but it's a lot of role players, bench yeah. guys that can go out and still play in the league right exactly. now and contribute. Yes. in the NBA, exactly. Got gotcha. you. That makes so, perfect sense. So that that's what you're looking at. So for, for a guy like Kobe, if he wants to play, I'd say make sure you're in damn shape if you want to do this thing. And it's a commitment. It's a commitment. You right. got to commit to it, and you got to go in full force. Or, or you don't go in at all. Okay. That's that, that's Kobe's mentality. Though. Yeah, that's been his mentality no matter what. You know, he knew he was going to retire. He said, I'm going to go out with a bang. I'm going to score 61 points on my last game. That's how he did it. He's done it his own way. I'm just curious, does he still have the motivation to do it? He came out, you know, last week and said, no, I'm not playing. That's 100%. It's done. Maybe that's just... Him talking. I agree. I think that's true. But I, th- I think that's I, I all think facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't give true. his time to them girls, man. He yeah. got nothing but he girls, kid, and he's going. He got, get- he's got kids. He's got a wife. You know, he's got all sorts of things going on in his life, like right now, that I think he's motivated to do and pursue. And I love it. I yeah. love it. Like guys like King James doing the the shop on HBO, right, and right, getting right. that narrative out there. Guys like Kobe analyzing stuff in a different way, doing the detail show with ESPN. Those sort of things, they, I think they resonate. They give people a reason to continue to support guys like yeah. Kobe Bryant. He's going to be out of the league for 25 years, and guys are still going to worship him. Yeah. And, I, and I was going to say to that, too, right now we're in a time, we're in a climate in a day and age where obviously you see LeBron pushing his more than an athlete movement, but we're in a time where you have so much influence outside of your particular sport. Yep based on the platform that the sport may have gave you that it is going to be hard to make any other commitments, especially when you're a caliber of the greatest basketball player we've ever seen in Kobe Bryant. But <laughs> I like how you slipped that in there. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, but, man, I, <laughs> I want to get into something a little bit more important when it comes to the Big Three League because um, I think the Big Three League has not only been innovative, but we've seen the NBA you know, be pretty political. We've seen a lot of these leagues either being political or not being political. They're choosing a side. But a lot of movements are happening, a lot of social justice movements. In particular, a lot of women's movements are happening in today's society. And you had Nancy Lieberman. She's the first female head coach of a men's professional basketball league. And not only was she the first female head coach to become a head coach in a men's basketball league, but she also won the championship this year. So she's the first female head coach to be a champion in a professional men's basketball league. Talk about kind of the societal importance of that and what the big three is kind of doing to join this political sphere that we're seeing a lot of these professional leagues kind of be clumped into. Yeah, well, we all know Ice Cube, right? I mean, he started the league. He's he's the guy who kind of orchestrated him and Jeff and Amy Trask, the CEO of the Big Three. Amy Trask worked for the Raiders for 30 years nice. under Al Davis, uh, did a lot of work for them. And she's another woman in sports that I think everybody should be looking up to, somebody that has done a lot and achieved a lot and given a lot of these women a chance or an opportunity to feel like they can do something in sports. But to see, you know, Ice Cube's always been an innovator. He's always been a guy that's ahead of the trends and ahead of the curve. Absolutely. He always wants everybody to be equal rights. I mean, even back to NWA stuff, he's talking about police brutality and things yeah. like that. I think all that stuff goes into why Cube is so focused on making this league not only a success, but making it a success culturally. Like right. changing what we value or we think is okay or good or normal. I think... You know, Nancy Lieberman will tell her yourself, or she'll tell you herself, these guys wanted to win the championship. And, and she's smart. She understands the game back to front every way that you can possibly do it. Right. Um, and I think these guys respected her. That's the difference. It's not, it's not women, men, 
black, white, Jew, whatever, religion, doesn't right, matter. Right, 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 Everybody's right. the same. Gay, straight, straight all that good they, stuff. They don't care. They right. do, they're not. These players just wanted somebody that they respected, that they knew, knew the game plan, knew how to implement it, knew how to work with these guys. Like, that's what Nancy Lieberman did. She took Glenn Big Baby Davis, pulled her, pulled him aside, said, this is what I want you to do. I need you to bang in the post this way, this way. You know, crazy. give it back yeah, to him. That's like, dope. She's utilizing these guys in the right form. And these guys afterwards, like in the press conference, if you hear it, I mean, Quentin Richardson's like, yo, this is one of the best coaches I've ever had. I've had Stan Van Gundy. I've had, you know, Mike D'Antoni, a bunch of different names. And she's right up there at the, the, the best. She understands us. She gets us. That's the most important thing in, in sports, in yeah. anything. Just being respectful, like being respected. These guys, she knew these guys were vets. They didn't need to be told what to do. They just they just needed somebody to look towards in in certain game situations. And right. that's what she did. She's she's a player's coach. She wants her players to thrive. They did team meetings and breakfasts and lunch and texts Let's back go. and forth, emails with you know, they even stay. It's like right after the game on Friday. Friday night or Saturday morning, I get up, I got all this game film, Nancy sent it to me, boom, this is what I'm looking at. And so she did the stuff that those guys didn't want to do and made it easy for them to do their job. And to me, that's that's a sign of like improvement, not only just for basketball, but for sports. Yeah. I mean, to be able to have a woman like Nancy Lieberman, a girl who's coached in the NBA, the WNBA, has uh, she's Smith, all Famer. Famer. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. like mm -hmm. we're talking, you know, she's got tons of knowledge. Right. But to be able to implement it with guys who are 35, 40, uh, guys who have been there, done that, been with Doc Rivers, and just a bunch of names. You know, they got four championships between all the guys that they have on that team. But but that's, you you did mention the age group, and I, I want to pause you right there, right quick, because I think that's that's important. Yeah. Um, these are guys who are now more groomed and more seasoned. And then you look at the NBA, you see a woman like Becky Hammond. Yep. Do you think that this can translate from a league like the Big Three, where, like I said, there's a lot more older, you know, people are more seasoned, they know what's going on, they're willing to be a little bit more respectful. Yeah. Do you think that this could translate into the NBA? Because I know you cover a lot of NBA stuff think, as well. Yeah, I think it can. I think what's interesting is I would honestly, and if, if you were to tell me like this older group of guys or this younger group of guys is going to believe what a well-respected woman is telling them as a coach, yeah. I would say that the older guys would have a tougher time because okay. they're used to their ways. You right. know what I mean? Right, right. That, whatever that That's is. That's true. So yeah. for them to get over that and just be like, yo, this is like the best coach I've ever had. Right. Like she does this, this, and this. And like that is the most important part of this. The players coming out and saying, Nancy is the coach. Like, yeah. She's the GOAT. Like, she's doing her own thing. She's making her own path. She helped us all win this championship. Right. Let's get back to her. Let's, like, state it out loud. Like, all these fans that like Glenn Big Baby or Birdman or Catino Mobley or Quentin Richardson, like, these guys who worship these guys, who've known them forever, those fans are going to cling to Nancy Lieberman. Now. Yeah. Like, and, and that's what's that most important about this is, like, to have the ability to reach this many people yeah. and change the outlook of what they think is correct or politically correct, that's the most important thing, I think. Yeah, that's a good perspective, too, because I didn't think about it when you talked about, like, your perspective on the older guys having it maybe a harder time doing yeah. it. Like, I disagree, but I like that insight. You know what yeah. I mean? I just think that although we know the Big Three is competitive, I still think with the NBA being far more competitive at yep. the moment and... I guess it's just meaning more. The championship means more and it's put on a higher pedestal yep. right now yep. than the big three and things like that. I think it'll just be harder for certain young guys, whether it's ego-driven or whatever, yeah. to to be able to um, deal with that. But like anything else in the world and with it evolving, I think that it will translate to it being women head coaches in I, the I, NBA eventually. Yeah, I, I see it this way because recently, if, I think it was Clay Thompson who posted a picture with a few other NBA guys. Yeah, yeah. And um, they're all in the league right now, and it said future Big Three champions or something like that. Yeah. The caption said future Big Three champions. Right. And I thought that was interesting because usually the younger guys are actually a little bit more impressionable. Mm -hmm. So with them being more impressionable, 
you're seeing the influence of these older guys now on guys who are currently in the league, like Klay Thompson. And I forget who else was all in the picture, but these are guys who are stars in the NBA right now. And they're like, well, the next step for us, he, he could have been joking, but right. yeah, still, he was putting it out in the atmosphere. It. Like, yeah. he acknowledged the next step for us might be future big three champions. So, I think that there is still kind of an impression being left from the big three on these younger NBA guys to where I could kind of see where Oliver is coming from a little bit as far as the older guys might have a tougher time being able to adapt to a woman or a female being its head coach rather than a, rather than some of these younger guys. But I think at the at the age and stage they are in their career and in life, it's like, yeah, we got a female coach. Like, we're going to embrace this and we're going to, like, it's yeah. just, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not saying they're not taking it serious, but it's just not that serious or as big of a deal. It's yeah. like, we going to ball. Like, you know what I mean? Right. We 35, whatever, whatever, and we, we finna 40. What, like, what's the age yeah. group you said? It's anywhere between about 30 and 40 is typically. Okay, okay so, yeah, my right in that. My mood is about. My, my, my mood's 50. <laughs> He's so impressive. Well, no, you want to talk about politically different, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, even that, that's, yeah. That's a statement within itself. No, absolutely. To be able to give For a guy sure. like him a platform again and show what he can still do. The fact that that guy was ran out of the NBA, yeah. like, this is like 20 years before right. Kaepernick stuff. Yeah, no, for like, real. Yeah, they, he was Chris taking Jackson, back then. I'm telling you, man, like, he was one of the best players that I'd ever seen. Like, right. And to be able to just have him just leave the league like that. And to be a knockdown shooter in, in, in any league at any age group of the sport, you know what I mean? You always say that there's always room for a shooter yep. on a roster. And yep. to see him be ran out of, out of the league even with his ability to be an elite shooter, I think that is a good point. And he is definitely somebody who has had an influence on Colin Kaepernick, who we'll get into in a little bit here. But I want to talk about kind of the hip-hop and the cultural aspect of the Big Three because you got to travel to a lot of different cities. Yeah. You got to see a lot of different performers. Obviously, Ice Cube is connected. Any city that he goes to, he's going to be able to bring out the stars. He's going to be able to bring out the entertainers. Um, I want to know what's the best halftime performance that you may have seen. I don't know if it's halftime in the big three, but I know there's usually kind of a break or an intermission yep. where guys come out and perform. What's the best entertainment that you've seen at the big three outside of basketball? Uh, man, there's been a lot of them, actually. I mean, I I actually thought that there was one with uh, E-40 and Too Short, I think. That was pretty cool. Yeah. It was yeah. in Oakland. At Oracle? It was, yeah, it was yeah. in o yeah, Oracle. Yeah, I remember that, actually. And, like, Oakland just, you could just feel the building, like, embrace that. Yeah. And, like, tight. to feel, yeah, it it's, I, I, don't, I don't care what the music is, to have the crowd just so into it. Coach, like sing, forty and short had it lit in there. Just, that, that's, I mean, that, that's what I think is, that's what I think is unique about right. like music. When you have, you know, fifteen thousand people in a stadium or an arena, singing the same song or doing the same dance or, you know, just being involved, like you can tell they're all interested in it. Right. Uh, I know Cuban forty go back. I'm yeah. sure they go yeah. back. And yeah. Cuban too short used to go on tour yeah. together yeah, back then. So I, I like Snoop, Snoop Dogg last year in L. A. was fun. That yeah. was really cool. I mean, because there was a lot of guys there too. I mean, Chris Brown was there. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, Nipsey Hussle, uh, just a bunch of entertainers, actors. Right. Uh, Martin Lawrence was there. Like just a bunch of different guys. And Snoop performed at halftime, and just people were getting into it. I mean, my my guy Michael Rappaport was getting into yeah, it, dancing, yeah, doing the do, whole thing. You rock with Rappaport it's, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can get. I mean, that, look, he's a divisive guy too, just like anybody else. Right. I I like you know his sense of humor is really funny. I think, and I, I think it lightens the world up a little bit. I like the way he takes things. But um, yeah, I mean, those two would be kind of the ones that stuck out. Ice Cube performed in Brooklyn. That was pretty incredible. A lot of people were singing the same song, Check Yourself, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was a good day, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a lot of people singing to it, getting in the groove. But um, yeah, it was, it's, it's really unique. This format and the people who are involved, it's a huge family. Like, I mean, like I was just talking to O'Shea Jackson about this like a couple days ago. That's Ice Cube's son. But, right, um, right. And he was just like, Played yeah. a hell of a role in big, the NWA movie. Yeah, big, yeah. big three is family. Like, that was his statement. And it's just like, yeah, that's, I mean, what it is. It's a huge family. You feel it. Everybody, you feel it being a part everybody of cares. Like, the locker room, all the guys have their kids in there. Right. Uh, you know, it's just, there's a different attitude about this over the NBA. Like, the NBA. It's more to, business. It's I business. I mean, in, in the big three, it's, it's business, business but 
Yeah, the fence is there. Right. The fence right. is there. Yeah. You know, every player is guarded. You really don't have an opportunity to see them. Just interact with one another, guys. This this league is unique from that perspective. Like I see guys, junkyard dog Jerome Williams, go out to uh, YMCA's and different low income communities in each city that we've been to, and he takes, you know, gives every kid lunch, uh, eight hour basketball camp, mm. and brings out all the big three guys. Ice Cube will talk for thirty minutes. Wow. Amy Trask will come out and tip. And this is like three, four hundred kids that are coming out to each city. Yeah. I mean, it's not a ton. Like I said, you nah, but it's, back, but it it's matters. something. It's an it impact. It matters. Mm -hmm. right. And it matters to the players, too. Like, yeah. these guys want to do this. They want to help. They want to be in the community and able to help people. And that, that's something that I just think, that's the unsung hero about this whole league. Like, basketball aside, just being able to bring communities together, being able to get kids involved, understand what it means to play, what it means to be a competitive person, what it means to just do things the right way, I think that is the most important thing. So that it's really been a lot of fun for me to just yeah. be able to hang out with the guys like Corey Maggetti and Glenn Davis and spending time in the locker room, champagne Bird, and all man. that stuff. <laughs> yeah, all yeah, those guys. They're fun, man. Yeah. They're, it's a really good group of people. Right. Everybody loves each other. They appreciate each other. They appreciate what they do. So, I mean, even the players will come up and thank me for just little things. Like yeah. Helping them out with getting tickets to the right place or whatever. Right, right, like, right. That's the sort of stuff that you will never forget in your life. Like, yeah. That, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, I think that's really dope. I want to make a quick transition into some kind of Portland-centric stuff Definitely. here. Um, obviously, we all live here in the Portland yep. metro area. You actually grew up here. Grew up. So, yeah, you're born and raised. I don't know if you're born and raised, but I know you're raised, raised in Portland yeah. at least. Definitely. Um, so, first off, and I know you like soccer. You're a soccer guy. So, this first topic yeah. um, I think you'll be interested in because this was just something that came over me. Last week, I went to a Portland Timbers game. Um, I've been to about three now, and... I'm not a big soccer guy myself, yep. but so when I go to the games, I'm more so there for the atmosphere. Sure, I'm learning about the sport as I'm watching it, and you know I'm gaining a little bit more of, inch, of an interest for the sport. But what's more appealing to me is the actual atmosphere. So I got a question for the both of you here because the Timbers won two to zero. They scored a couple goals, um, and to see kind of what the atmosphere was like after they scored those goals made me kind of start making my comparisons with other sports. Obviously, American football, um, baseball. D-Boy, you're a baseball guy. I'm a basketball guy. Oliver, same goes for you. Um, and I'm going to narrow it into just game winners. So what sport, when it comes to game winners, do you think is most gratifying? Is it a game-winning touchdown in football? Is it a walk-off homer or a walk-off base hit in baseball? Is it a goal in soccer? Is it a goal in hockey? What I know we've all been in a lot of different atmospheres. What would you say would be the most gratifying sport to hit or score a game winner in? I mean, I'll go first, I guess. I, look, I, I've played soccer. I, I was better at soccer than I was at basketball. I love yeah. basketball. So to give you a background, I love basketball. I'm not that good. Uh, I can. I may be able to beat. I may be able to beat you in a game of horse. Like yeah, I, right. I beat Bonzi. I'm gonna say this over and over every time I'm on somewhere that that asks me this question. But uh, I beat Bonzi Wells and horse last week just because of some crazy, <laughs> nice. some crazy, that's some crazy shot, crazy yeah. trick shots. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's tight though. Right? right, that's big. But, yeah, that's a big but, deal. But if I was to play him one on one, I'd get smacked. Right, so, like <laughs> that's tight. But but when you look at like, so I played soccer at a fairly high level. I mean, I was an all city player for uh, high school and then I uh, went to college and played in college but um, as far as scoring game winners or hitting game winners I, I've scored a game winner in soccer and there is no feeling like it there is absolutely no feeling that can be replicated by it and I'll tell you this like it really depends on the stage that you're at it doesn't really yeah. I, I think if you're in the NBA finals and you hit a buzzer beater shot to win the, the finals right Good point. Man, like that's that's like the pinnacle of the pinnacle. You get to celebrate with the champagne and you get everything. 
all because of that one shot. Well, then let's put it in a perspective, then. Think about the highest levels. A yeah, touchdown and just, in, yeah, in the yeah, Super Bowl, yeah. yep. a what game winner in the NBA, a game winner in the World Cup. Let's take it there, then. So if it's like that, then I'll go the World Cup. Ten okay. times out of ten. The reason okay. why I say it is the whole world is watching. Right. You know, the NBA Finals, there's Australia and there's some other countries that are involved in watching it. But they're not watching it like the U.S. is. And to me, if you can change a country, like, there's a difference between, uh, like, a basketball team in a city and a country. Like, yeah. being able to move that country that in the right country. direction. Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. saw what Mbappe Where everybody in the country France. is unified under this one team yep. instead of but 30 different teams. But then that get even deeper because then you say, okay, yeah, a Olympics. game winner in the Olympics. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that is that what you said he for said sure? Soccer. World Cup is the most watched thing. Sporting and I, event. Sporting event yeah. okay. in the world by a long shot, I think. And soccer is the most popular sport around the world, globally. Right. And, and I know soccer fans use that all the time as kind of their argument to why you should watch soccer. Right. right. I'm not here to say that. Yeah. But I think a game winner in that sort of circumstance, it only happens every four years, and the whole world is watching, that's a big deal. I, I understand that you know the NBA Finals, the Olympics, you can go to football, the Super Bowl, those are very comparable things. World Series. But, man, it... I don't know if you can have a more rowdy, ruckus crowd yeah, for that than what it is I mean, for yeah. <laughs> Almost every time you have a World Cup, you got 100,000 people in that stadium right. packed watching that thing. And when you score that goal, that place is erupting. Like, it, the Super Bowl yeah. may be the same thing. Yeah, but Super Bowl's a big Super deal, Bowl. man. Super Bowl's a big <laughs> deal, man. But, like, I, you know, the way football is going right now, I got to tell you, I, I couldn't choose it right now. Yeah, it is trending downwards. <laughs> to go to go second behind that, um, this seems like the most common or typical answer, maybe. But when I think about what comes to head, when I think of a game winner, it's basketball for me. Easy. And when I say that, and when I say that, I think a lot to support my reason behind that is. When I think of a game winner in basketball, I generally think of a buzzer beater. Yep. A game winner in soccer might not be a, at the buzzer, you right, know what I mean? Right, but right, I think right, it's right. something about that time going out and you're usually in basketball coming out of a timeout so you know it's some instant strategy involved in the in a team effort with the whole play whether it's the screen up top or the roll or the pass in, it's just so much more to it in my opinion when it comes to a game winner in basketball as opposed to a like, walk off and like, yeah, or, 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 yeah, that's just a good, he got a good, it's like when you do a walk off in baseball, it's like he got a good piece of that pitch that wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it's just like with me, I just think of that every, the elements from the coach having to draw up the play to the players having to execute to the time running out usually and just that feeling of everything going right and that team just walking off. And like, also, and the, the other reason why I say <laughs> basketball is because of it being an indoor sport. I feel like the ma- I mean, and it gets loud in a lot of these. Obviously, you can get so you agreeing with me. I agree that it's so basketball. You was about not to say something because of the buzzer beaters, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I like it because of the more in the indoor atmosphere. It's always going to be closed in. Yep. It's always going to be compacted. Obviously, you can have a retractable dome. You can have domes, but for the most part, for the most part, football. Baseball, these sports are known as outdoor sports. Basketball, soccer, yep, outdoor sport. Basketball, that feeling of being indoors where everything is closed in and all the noise and everything is coming straight down to you on that court. I think it's no better feeling than that. Yeah, yeah. interject. So, some so, hit. So, some hit. To go with you guys' <laughs> argument though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lillard's point six. We go back even further. MJ over Elo. Yeah. Derek Fisher. Derek four, Fisher. Maybe. Four, yeah. How many times do you remember a basketball buzzer beater? And how many times do you remember any other sport? I mean, I can't. Yeah. Look, that, like, that, that's, that's what I mean. When I think of a rare winner, I'm that comes you, to mind. You yeah. remember those moments, and they're easy to dissect. Like, yeah. You yeah. watch them afterwards in slow motion. I could watch that Lillard shot like 50 times. I'm mm-hmm. not a Portland Trailblazer mm-hmm. fan. Right. Uh, Lillard's a cool dude, like, yeah. but like, I'm not here to like root for them or root against them. Right. But it gives you chills. <laughs> it gives you chills. Chills every yeah. time you watch it. Yeah. The Michael Jordan over Elo shot, mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that sort of stuff. Right. It resonates. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Then, you, then I will say, basketball, that's one of the only sports I feel like you can actually replicate something without having somebody else there. So, like when I was a kid, 
I see AI hit a game winner. I put my ace bandage on, I go outside, I put my headband on, and now I'm doing the exact same, same move yeah. and replicating that game winner. Yeah. And then guess That's what? You point. remember that. Yeah. Every That's true. single time. That's true. So mm-hmm. like, you can't replicate a game winning home run. You can't yeah. replicate yeah. a goal. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, even I'm football? super close. Football football I was, so I was yeah. just about to take it to football. <laughs> I was going to say, even like, me being close with C.J. Anderson, right? Yeah. Right. Super Bowl 50, he made the last touchdown to yeah, decide to, to that decide game that pretty game. much. But I, even though like I'm super close with him, that's a big impactful time in his career and something that I'm proud of him for, I don't still think of that as like a game winner. That yeah. And that's yeah. Super Bowl 50, big time. You know right. what I mean? Yep. But it's just like... It's different when you think of that game no, winner. Just, no me. disrespect, I don't even remember. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I mean. That's, like that's Super all, Bowl like, Fifty, him yeah. pounding it in, like right. it's not even yeah. memorable. You gotta like, think about it before <laughs> yeah. you imagine. Exactly. Like the, the Seahawks thing, the right. Marshawn Lynch run or throw. Right. Or yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It don't stick don't like that. that point four, yeah. point six. Yeah. So that's my take. Basketball. I agree for sure. So we gonna keep it Portland centric here because we obviously see this huge advertisement going viral right now. Um, it's the 30-year anniversary for the Just Do It slogan with Nike. Everybody know how divisive Colin Kaepernick has been. We don't even necessarily have to dig into all that. But Nike recently did an ad in honor of this 30th year slogan. And I believe the ad said, believe in something. No, not believe in something, fall for anything. But it said... Um, let me go reference it yeah, right yeah, go now. Yeah, go ahead and reference I just, it. I don't, I I don't have it up right here. Even something, even if it means sacrificing everything. everything. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So, I want to, I think this is very Portland-centric because, Oliver, you may have a little bit more insight about the legalities of this and who did what and who, yeah. you know, got this t- to happen. But I was more so looking at this situation from the angle of Nike being headquartered, headquartered right here in the Portland metro area and how much influence that this area has on Nike to go forward in making this decision of using Colin Kaepernick as the face of this advertisement during such a divisive time and during a time where we're seeing him be pretty much the most polarizing figure definitely in sports but almost in the world maybe after Donald Trump at this point. So you you saying not like because meaning, he's wrong, but he's no, just but he's no, put himself no. in are you, position. Are you referencing that the decision was made out of this? Out well, of all the ad. all the advertising decisions for Nike get made, made right here. Okay, so whether said, it be at the headquarters, you got Widen and Kennedy yeah. right here around the corner. All the I didn't know that. Yeah. I know the head. I know yeah. his headquarters. That's why I think. But that's that. why I think it's important to bring this up because even when I thought about what Colin Kaepernick did when he initially took the knee, and I think about the connection of him being on the San Francisco Niners. And a lot of people kind of correlated what he did to the Black Lives Matter movement that was launched in the Bay Area, to the Black Panther movement with him wearing the Afro that was launched in the Bay Area. It was a lot of correlation there between what he was doing and the movements that were made and created in that environment. I think people don't tend to correlate as much this particular environment and the influence and the effect that it has on such a prominently global corporation like Nike in them making a decision like they made to go with the Colin Kaepernick advertising. I I think it's, not only is it genius marketing, I think it was really smart of them to do. But I think it's the right thing to do. And like, to Mm. me, this isn't one side and another side. This is not what we're talking about here. To me, it's you're right or you're wrong. Like it's it's pretty yeah, yeah. plain and simple. Like the fact, yeah, I mean, the it's still side, but not on it. It's not on the this side. It's not what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it really isn't though. Right, like, right. Yeah, you I either mean, are right or wrong. Right. Yeah. Like the wrong side of this decision or the right yeah. side. Because to and that you know actually that's like word for word what Michael Smith told me, ESPN co-host, uh, Sports Center guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With him and Jamel Hill, yeah, all yeah. that. Right, so right. that's what he told me about this whole discussion. This is like two years ago, and like to me that's exactly the argument here. There is, like, we can debate, like, is Kobe the best player or not? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's open-ended. Like, That's open-ended. It's right or wrong with this. Yeah, yeah, period. This is right or wrong. There isn't anything else to, to be explained. Right. Absolutely. The fact that this man took a knee, and this is how impactful it's been, is quite, like, to me, it's embarrassing. Like, mm-hmm. 
To not not on Colin Kaepernick's side. Let I me get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know it's where you're embarrassing going. that this is even really a topic of discussion. Yeah. That it even became polarizing. That it became polarizing. Right. Like, why is he the most polarizing figure? Because he took, like, come uh, yeah, on. That's crazy. And nobody that's understands crazy. why, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people, the people on the wrong side of this, don't understand why he actually took a knee. They think it's disrespecting the flag, or they think the it's army. this thing. Yeah, military. Yeah, nothing like that. Yeah, <laughs> the fact that he that. got this idea from a dude in the army, mm-hmm. yeah. from a dude that had just been in the army. Mm-hmm. That's the problem I have with this. It's like, he actually went out and sought, sought after mm-hmm. advice from people who had fought for this country. And, and I even, I even, I posted on Instagram today when I posted, um, when I posted the picture of the ad, and I made sure to reference the fact that even in the success that Colin Kaepernick is having, we obviously know the decision that was made last week where they're going to continue to go forward with his collusion case. Yep. Um, a lot of things are starting to be kind of Colin Kaepernick-centered. But I posted that we must remember and we must dedicate these successful moments to the lives that have been lost to police brutality because sometimes we get caught up in checks over yep. stripes. Nike's better than Adidas. Or you get caught up in people burning Nike stuff and cutting up yep. Nike gear, whatever the case may be. I actually saw you tweet something <laughs> about if you're going to cut up your stuff and just think about the homeless people that are out yeah. there. Because a lot of people are now becoming more brand conscious in their support of this entire thing instead of realizing what this is really about and what Colin Kaepernick has been pushing this entire time even though he's having the success that he's having with going forward with the collusion case with Nike picking him up for advertising and him still being paid by Nike. So I wanted to make sure to refer to that in that post. Let's not forget what this is all about just because whoever side you're on and basically me, I'm with Cap, the side that we're on is having a little bit of success right now. Let's not forget the root of this all. Right, yeah, right. I think right. that's yeah, very that's, important. It's very important, and I think a lot of people get sidetracked from that. They and, think about the moment. And I agree so much to what you're saying, only because, just to cut in real quick, yeah. I agree because I, five minutes before you walked in here, I was on Facebook just scrolling, and one of my old college roommates had made a post, and I took it as him joking, but he said, so for all of you people that are threatening to burn and throw away your Nike stuff, you can give it to me. I wear a size such and such, such and such. And it's so, like, taken away from what the real yes. is. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's almost a funny thing and all the kind. I was thinking the same thing. I'm seven and a half and blah, blah. Yeah. I'm like, but it's yep. not funny. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, this it, is it, not it, what that's you, about. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like as big of a deal of this. Like, I'm sure it took a lot of decision making, a lot of things behind that decision to even do that, which was the right thing. And then for for it to just be so so far fetched now about what the real issue is, and to it to be such a joking thing now is just crazy to me. So and I don't mind I and I don't mind people having some personality. I mean I don't mind that, but what I do think is that's starting to take over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the, what yeah, the, the other yeah. stuff Let's and what's forget. what's most important. Mm-hmm. Basically. Let's not forget here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Look, this was a genius marketing idea by Nike. Sure, they did a great job on it, but still, let's not forget what this was started for. Right. And to me, to be honest, I think that, like you guys said, we can create these moments with Kaepernick, like the collusion case Mm -hmm. and this and that. Right. But you know what's interesting to me? Like, that doesn't really get brought up. The original reason for why No, it's still not being brought up. (laughs) It's still not being brought up. That's why I feel like people like Jamel Hill and people who did stand up and say, let's not forget, got bashed for it and that's unfortunate yeah like, that's the real reason right like, we need to understand like this is what he's doing but i think what he is doing is very smart by the way he's going about it he's yeah. capturing these moments so that when it all reaches this, it's all helping his, his it's, cause it's helping, yeah, his, cause. Absolutely. It's helping absolutely. his it's helping his cause it's helping many others right mm-hmm. but i think at the end of this all He's going to have the answer, like, wrapped around on a bow tie, like, ready to give out to everybody and say, look, don't forget. I agree. This is why I did this. I agree. But he's doing this master. I feel like it's it's a a master plan. (laughs) Like, I'm not trying to be, like. The seen and the unforeseen has been incredible throughout this process. It's been great. Yeah. It's really, the coverage is good. He knows that it's good. But to capitalize on it the way he wants to. Absolutely. We all know that he's going to come to a head. It's going to come to a head at the end. And he's going to say. Don't forget the reason why I did this. Absolutely. This is why. Yep. So 
I, lo I, I look, I really appreciate that he was willing to sacrifice everything, give up what he had in the NFL, and be able to move forward the way that he has and fight what for he for what is right, not for what he feels is right. Because that also is, I hate when people preface it to say what he feels is right. No, this is like I what said, what is right? <laughs> what is right? Like, this, side, is this is ridiculous. Quick like, side question is, to that. Then, do you think, and this is a little bit different, but do you think that is going to help? Nike or hurt them financially wise like when you hear oh, people is, definitely oh, no, that's helping them. Nah, I tell you I, I said this yesterday it was kind of it was kind of yeah, 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 right. yeah, no, <laughs> I don't think look I look they can cry in their hundreds or whatever but right. um, I, I I said it yesterday I think the people who bought Nike originally and support this Kaepernick movement are buying Nike ten times more yeah and see, then I think uh, I, I, honestly the people who are buying Nike and are on the other side of this they probably weren't really buying a lot of it anyways. I mean, so, if you look at some of the influencers yeah, that, and figures, like you said yesterday, people Nike, who was yeah. already buying Nike going to keep buying Nike. Nike. Right. And if you look at it from an apparel aspect, if you just look at it, Nike is an apparel company. If you look at the NFL, yeah, a lot of people try to blame ratings and this and that and the third yep. on Colin Kaepernick, which I don't think is necessarily true, but that's Actually, another conversation. But I, think I, I think it's the opposite as well. I think... <laughs> Football has a lot more issues with the sport that led to that. But when you think solely about the apparel in the NFL, when Colin Kaepernick decided to make the decision that he made, he had the number, number one, one selling seven, jersey. Yep. Right, right. He's still, even since then, been high up in the ranks as far as jersey sales are concerned. Right. So when we think about Nike as just being an apparel company, I think that's totally different than trying to get TV ratings. Even though I disagree with Colin Kaepernick being a part of that issue, we know that that's an argument that's been put out there. Right. So with Nike being an apparel company, they're going to get more people to buy Nike yeah. because... They already have their loyalists. More people feel and you that have than more don't people. is what you're saying, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so I think that it's actually going to help Nike as an apparel company because whether you like it or not, Colin Kaepernick has become a brand. Yeah, for sure. He no, has he, become a brand. brand. Yeah. I don't think his intent is to become a brand. And, I, and as we already mentioned, there's more important things and you know, and when it comes to what he's decided to do. But the reality is I think we his live in a world to become of, a brand. I think that's whole, like... Maybe not say it like uh, that, but what I mean by yeah. become a brand is like he like he was willing yeah. to risk it all. Oh, he was willing right. to throw away football to it's, be to push a, that you brand in that. A, it's an indirect effect of exactly. what he's trying yeah. to push. Exactly. Like, right. Like you know, you have to have a brand in order to promote something in yeah. order to get something out there, mm -hmm. right? I mean look, he could he could have just stayed off social, stayed off everything, stayed off all the media. Yeah, but, but that was his platform but his to move. His plan is yeah. to make sure every single person knows is aware, why awareness and and be mm -hmm. and is aware mm -hmm. of what he's trying to do and accomplish and i think that is most important like i said we were talking about it the nike thing's great good good for them yeah they did a good marketing move they're not going to lose any money from this i would be astonished i think they're I, <laughs> like honestly there's enough people out there that have already posted the the meme yeah. with kanye saying Slavery was a yeah, choice. choice with and then it, yeah, choice yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Let's let's uh, you know, like that. They, they've already won, in my opinion. They've done, you know, they they did a good thing, I think. But right. they knew in the back of their mind this was going to make them money. Absolutely. I, I think I think they knew that from the start. I agree. Like they, this this is a strategically planned out deal, and I think it's smart. I mean, it's a smart move by Nike. It's a smart move by Kaepernick. They're keeping everything in the public eye. Yeah. I like it. Um, I, I wish, as you said, more people knew the reason, and I wish there was a way to word it shortly because we're just, it's the Twitter age that we live in. Everybody yeah. reads two sentences and they're done. Like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The whole yeah. point of that Nike ad was to be as simple as possible. Right. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Like, if he, if you were to just throw it in, don't forget yeah. what it was about or something, yeah, I think it would have been even better, but they knew that people weren't gonna that that yeah. wasn't gonna be bought in as much as that statement. That statement and, is perfect. Like, and I've seen a lot of perfect. yeah, I've seen a lot of activists who are coming out and 
you know, they, they support the decision that Nike made, but they're also still like, because a lot of people are just all in with Nike right now, yeah. which is okay. I support the decision Nike made too, but you obviously have people talking There's about the sweatshops and the, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. all of these other things that Nike is doing. So don't put them on a godlike pedestal mm-hmm. just because they're doing this for Kaepernick. Support what they did for sure, because it's still helping push a specific agenda, yeah. which like you said, I think is the right one. But don't forget that Nike still got a ways to go too before we just are all in on Nike. <laughs> so I think that's interesting. But lastly, I want to, well, I got a question for you that we always close out on with the guests. But we're implementing a quick segment. And next week, um, we got the network right now working on a lot of the imaging and the liners and the drops and all that. But I wanted to implement this segment this week because obviously we're the Wake Up and Win podcast. We're always trying to give you the winning formula to whatever topic topic it is that we may be discussing based on whatever our particular takes are. But we want to start a segment that's about losing Mm -hmm. because, quite frankly, losing is inevitable. (laughs) And quite frankly, sometimes losing is the best thing for anybody to get to a point of becoming a winner. So this new segment is going to be called the Taking L segment, where basically we're going to discuss any topic. It doesn't have to be sport. It can be anything, anything in the world. Um, who took an L around the world, who right? Who took an L around the world this past week? And so I'll start it off, and I'm going to start it off by saying Bishop Charles Ellis III <laughs> took an L this week. For those of you who don't know who Bishop Charles Ellis III is, tell him. He was the bishop. He was the officiant of Aretha Franklin's funeral, which happened this past week. R.I.P. to the Queen of Soul. And he was up on the pulpit. Um, Obviously, a lot of celebrities came out and sang in dedication of Aretha Franklin, sang a lot of her old songs, et cetera, et cetera. And there was one particular young lady that you all may have heard of. She goes by the name of Ariana Grande. And... Bishop Charles Ellis came up on the stage or on the pulpit I should say and he put his arm around Ariana which I think there was some innocence to this but anyway he put his arm around her on national television he was accidentally I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say accidentally but either way he was kind of touching on her underboob and (laughs) He and made he a say? comment about her name. What'd he say? Saying that when I saw Ariana Grande on on the program, I thought it was a Taco Bell meal. Oh, no. <laughs> he took it. Yeah, he, he took it this deal. week. Like I said, I think, Bell Grande. I think it was some innocence there. I'm not sitting here trying to call the man a rapist or I'm not sitting here saying he did come out with an apology statement as well. But the reality is, you're on, you're a bishop. You're they on the biggest stage. You're on the hugest platform of a lady who is one of the most respectable, not only artists but women of all time. And you choke, and you mess up, and you stump like this. You're now being put in every article about possibly committing sexual assault, or you oh, know, not assault, oh, not assault. I know, but, yeah, no, you no, know, they're yeah, trying yeah, to take yeah. it there. I misconduct, it. I sexual misconduct. People are trying to take it there. And then you call her a Taco Bell meal, which to me is the two is the 2018 equivalent of calling her a snack. Okay, so if you know what a snack means, when you're attracted to a male or a female, See, people refer to them as snacks. I just think he took the L because of the platform that he was on, more so than me saying he had careful. bad intent. You gotta be more careful. I didn't. You gotta. I'm all right. Do some research. All right. You can't be actually serious. Like he's got to be joking with this Taco Bell statement. And that's what I would never ever come out and say. And I hope it is a joke. Like I think. I think. But you gotta know what day and age we're in to even come out and say that joke. On that platform. I agree. He took an L. I'm agreeing with that. What I'm saying is, I think it was the taking an L. I think was the lack of comedy like it was just a bad joke yeah. i don't think it was misconduct or sexually bad i think like i didn't reference the ariana grande thing to a snack thing, the taco bell thing to a snack i did it more with the name like the grande yeah. and all of that yeah. like i didn't look at it as he calling her a snack I, 
I'm thinking of it from the grind day and the name. I situation. didn't look at it as that either. But what I'm saying is, in today's day it's and age, you can't in this do political it. climate, you can't the do same it. reasons that <laughs> we, the same reasons that we criticize Donald Trump for all the crazy shit that he says, has nothing. Well, it has somewhat to do with who he is, but it more so has to do with the position that he holds. Holding a position of president, yeah, we can all some say some bullshit. We can all say something, but as a president, you can't quite say that, dude. Yeah. And the same goes Yo, as a bishop uh, at a prominent funeral yeah. like this. Yeah. Uh, slow yeah. down, Turbo. Yeah. You know, it's some stuff you just don't say based yeah. on the position that you're in, and that's more so what I see it from. Like I said, I don't think he had any bad intent with anything that he was doing, so I'm not gonna sit here and say that about the man because I don't know him well enough to be able to say that or not. And I just didn't see it that way. But with the position that you hold... Wrong place, wrong, wrong time, place, wrong, wrong statement. Wrong place, wrong time, wrong statement. Got you. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm who, with you there. Who you think took an L? Okay, I'm going to go with one that was a little broader. Okay, uh, It's not All actually right. directed at one person individually. Uh, I saw yesterday, after this Kaepernick news of the Nike stuff, I don't right. know if you guys paid attention, but on Twitter there's a bunch of people that posted, All right, well now all I'm going to do is wear Converse. But well, if you didn't know, Converse is owned by Nike. Nike. You go to the Nike <laughs> store and Chuck Taylor's is on the on the <laughs> You're right. So <laughs> these Chuck people, out people here. burning the Nike shoes are putting on Converse that are owned by Nike. Oh my! That's taking the L. That's the L. This one I'm wearing now. Wow. And you're so right. You're so right. Yeah, you are. Chuck yeah. Taylor's on that dang rack yeah. at the Nike store in Beaverton right well, now. Yeah. I know it's not. I know it's not directed at one person, but there was. But I whoever saw, said it, saw it yep. multiple times. Uh, multiple times. Oh, multiple yeah, people. That's all bad. Hey, there's a lot of deleted tweets and a lot of deleted posts. Yeah, that's, better. that's an L. Yeah, that's a real L. That was a good yeah, one. There. That's, that's a L. One, yeah. <laughs> and me, I'm gonna have to go ahead and be very honest, and it hurts me to say who took this L because I'm a super huge Raider fan. But the Raiders took an L by losing Khalil Mack this week. Hurt my heart. Hurt a lot of my peers and friends and supporters' heart. And uh, I think that they just should have found a way. I know that there's some things that they can look forward to in the future to come out of this, but. Khalil Mack literally changed the difference of the defense. Like, he literally, yeah. he, he the dynamics of the defense is completely changed. And I think... Our defense already was that's bad. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> We already had it, a bad defense. Exactly. He's getting 10 so, sacks with three, getting triple teamed. And exactly. he's still and so, having double-digit sacks in a season. Building on that and not taking away from that is definitely uh, what would have been ideal. And because that didn't happen... Raiders, you took an L. I still love you, and I'll be at the game, uh, but you took an L. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm happy about it. I'm happy about it because I'm a Bears fan. Oh. You know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I am uh, real so happy. You didn't take I'm an L pumped, here, but man. we, we did it. Pumped. We diehard Raider fans. But lastly, Oliver, every guest that we bring on here, at least most guests, sometimes we miss out, but this one we got to cover. Um, I just want to ask a quick question. With this being the Wake Up and Win podcast, is there anything that you do when you wake up in the morning? It could be a ritual. It could be whatever it is that you choose to do when you wake up in the morning that sets the tone for you to go out and conquer and win the rest of that day. Yeah, so the one thing that I do, and I like to do it on all my devices that I have, so my laptop, my iPad, my phone, put a picture of something that you have a goal for. Hmm. What I mean by that is like hmm. uh, my iPhone, on my iPhone screen, it's a picture of my son and me and him having time together, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Now, it used to be, like two to three years ago, it used to be a Tesla. Mm -hmm. That was the yeah. thing I wanted, right? Right. How do I get to that each and every day? So when I wake up in the morning, all I see is my phone home screen and it's a Tesla. Did it and change because you got a Tesla? No, I'm nah. just <laughs> so, Goals change, baby. though. Goals yeah. change, yeah. right? Absolutely. True. But Absolutely. Like, True. But for me, uh, before that, it was a house. Mm -hmm. I bought a house. There mm -hmm. we go. Mm -hmm. So. Four years with mm. the same screen with a picture of a house. Yeah, And so for me, that's what I need to motivate myself. So anytime I check in on my phone, my laptop, which my is iPad, pretty much you all, know the what you're doing all the time, because we all live yeah. on our phones. You this day and I like that. that. But when yeah, you wake that's up dope. In the morning, that's dope. That's what you see. Yeah. And so like that. for me, that that was it was something that was told to me by a few different coaches, um, but I finally implemented it. And I, like I said, I think it helps drive that narrative like what do you want to do how do you what do you want to achieve what do you want to get out of this right because look we can all work we can all work a bunch but if you don't actually know what you want 
there's work, no, work smart, not it's, harder. It, yeah, mm-hmm. there's no reason to be doing what you're doing. I Don't agree. waste do. your time on something and buy something that doesn't mean anything to you. To right. me, like I rarely ever now. I used to always go into like Nike or Adidas or whatever, all these different places, get the new shoes or get the new shirt or this or that. And they're all impulsive buys. Right. So you go in there, you're like, oh, I love this shirt. I'm going to buy it. I already had like 15 shirts. Why do I need this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, so right, now I just right, spend right. my hard money on something I really don't need. Mm-hmm. And you got to check yourself. Like, yeah. you really do. You got to check yourself and be like, is this really what I need now? Or does it mean more to me to actually save some of that money, put it aside for something that I actually want? Right. That's and true. And that that's a goal that... You can feel good about absolutely like, when it's you true. actually achieve yeah, it. You're right. Talk. It's you're like right. man, so way more gratifying than that T-shirt gratifying. that you add to the other sixteen. Exactly, yeah. and I'm not saying you can't do that. Right? Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. For you're sure. gonna do it. But just yeah. looking at even just priorities. Like said, it's when, priorities. Yep. When you go to yeah. the store, you look at the phone. And you're like, wait a second. Do I really need it? Or do I want to buy this house? I just want to, mm-hmm. yeah, that you exactly. now have. Mm-hmm. I get that. Right. That's that's real. That's, that's why real. I like Appreciate that. that. That's yeah. why I love that question because we've had so many different answers from so many different people. You just never know what you're gonna get. So right. I love asking that question. But Oliver, huge thanks to you for coming in here and dealing with me and D-Boy here on the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy it, man. yeah we, we, we try to keep it fun here all the time. We try to have some good discussions. We're definitely bringing you back soon. We're a little bit a little bit more than a month away from NBA season, so get ready because it. we're going to have a lot of GOAT conversations and a lot of <laughs> who's the best here and a no, lot of man. a lot of KD are better than LeBron conversations <laughs> and Kobe's the greatest of all. You see where I'm going with this, right? Yeah, yeah we're going to have all those conversations during the NBA season. So, like I said, once again, thank you. We're going to let you get out of here with a little bit of wake up and oh, win swag. Hey, there you go, my man. Show, wake up and win swag. Yeah. And uh, before you get out of here, man, promote yourself and let them know where to find you. Yeah, so I mean, just uh, on Twitter, if you just type in Oliver or you search Oliver, you should be able to find me on one of the first Olivers up there. Uh, so you can <laughs> you find want, me there. One of the Olivers oh, with a blue check, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, NBA is my Twitter and Instagram. I don't use Instagram a ton, but uh, Twitter is usually where I am. I live or try to. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. You can find all our stuff. You can find the podcast. You can find all the work I've written. Um, just appreciate you guys, man. This is a cool podcast. This is a cool thing you guys are doing. Congrats on all the success. For and, sure, uh, appreciate that. Podcast network. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, MB or Mike Barrett get, yeah. a, get on the get Yeah, on that'll, that'll be a fun point. one. That'll be but, a fun uh, one. No, I appreciate you guys, and this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, appreciate you for coming, appreciate man. You, bro, for real. And with that being said, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win. Yeah.